All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, in this episode, we have special guest Sarah Dyson. Uh, Sarah is the founder of the website Expat in Croatia, which helps, you guessed it, expats in Croatia with things like citizen citizenship, healthcare, and daily life. Uh, in this episode, we're going to hear why she moved to Croatia from the U.S. without any Croatian heritage and what her experience has been like after more than a decade of living here. Uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, Stanko. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Really excited to have you on. I think you're sort of a... Um, I don't know if I'll say a legend in the, uh, maybe I will say a legend <laughs> in the Croatian expat community. <laughs> um, oh, well, that's, uh, that's crazy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've seen you all over, you know, you're all over social media and everything. And I know you do a lot for the Croatian expats. I'm sure you get this, you know, I'll ask you this question first, right off the bat, because I'm sure you get this all the time, you know, both from expats and, you know, Croatians living here. <laughs> But why did you move to Croatia? I mean, you have you have no Croatian heritage. You were living in the U.S. You know, tell me a little bit about life before Croatia and what led up to you coming here. Okay. Um, well, from the time I was a small child, I always wanted to live in Europe. I didn't have a particular country in mind. I just felt like this was the continent I was supposed to live on. That's what I thought. And when I first I left Texas, which when you leave Texas, it's like leaving the country. That's that's kind of how it is. So <laughs> uh, it's almost like you're a little bit of a, a traitor when you leave Texas. It has a really super strong culture, which is I was thinking about I was just in Texas for three weeks. And it's almost like the culture of Texas is so just as strong as the, the culture of Croatia. It's almost like they can't exist in the same universe at the same time. <laughs> It's pretty strange, but I left, I left Texas when I was 23. I moved to New York uh, to go to culinary school. I'd, I'd already gotten a degree in Texas, but I wanted to switch gears and, and become a pastry chef, which I, I did for a little while. And then I moved to the Netherlands. I went, moved to Amsterdam and I was there for as long as they would allow me to be there as an American, which was only about a year. And then they told me kindly in a letter that I had to leave. <laughs> So I went back to the States. I went to California for a few years and I really wanted to go back to Europe. And well, specifically, I wanted to go back to Amsterdam. I really loved it there. And I was trying to find a job. I couldn't find any company that would sponsor me. And it's just the cost of living had kind of gotten out of control. And at, at the same time, I was planning a trip to go to Italy. And in that research, Croatia got on my radar and I didn't know anything about Croatia. I will, I will fully admit that. Um, you know, the education I got in Texas is like, you really only learn whatever has to do with the creation of Texas. <laughs> if if that country was not involved in the birth of Texas, you did not learn about it. So I didn't know about Croatia. And the more I looked into it, the more intriguing it, it appeared. So I didn't go to Italy at all. I just went to Croatia for a holiday in 2011 and and I liked it. And when it was clear that Amsterdam wasn't going to work out, I was like, okay, what if I just go to Croatia and I'll start freelancing, doing my own business and see if it works out. And if it doesn't, then I'll retreat back to the States and figure out something else. And if it does, awesome. And within six months, I just absolutely fell in love with Croatia. I didn't ever want to leave. Obviously, it's not up to me. It's up to the Croatian government how long I could stay. But 
you know, I did everything that they asked of me and I wouldn't say it was, you know, easy. There were lots of stumbles and hoops of fire and stuff, but now I'm here 11 years and I can stay as long as I want. So yay. <laughs> That's essentially yeah. my Croatia origin story. Uh -huh. well, well, what did friends and family say when, I mean, I guess you coming to Europe in general, you know, moving from, from Texas, from the U.S., moving to Europe, were they supportive of that? Was that sort of a, did that come as a shock to them? It did. It did. I mean, some of them are still trying to wrap their minds around it. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't kidding when I said, like, when you leave Texas, it's not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's. It's really hard to sell the idea of why anyone would want to leave and especially to go abroad. It's just not a thing that really happens. I mean, even in my friend group growing up, um, one person maybe did a long study abroad for about a year, but I'm kind of the only person who really went off and um, le left the continent. Um, so it's it's a hard sell. It's it's hard for people to, especially um, you know, the older members of my family to really understand why to do this. And it's hard to explain it. You know, I think Croatia is really special. I think we can all agree that Croatia is super special. It has this energy that you just can't really describe. And I want to so much capture that for people who haven't experienced it, you know, and try to explain, well, what is it that you love about Gracious? Like, well, well, I can go down the list and I can say, oh, it's, I love the strong community. I love the culture. I love the Rocky. I love the sea. I love the nature. I love all these different things, the quality of life. But you say those and you don't really, people can't really understand it until they've experienced it. So it's, it's hard for me to communicate it when someone hasn't seen it. So because of that, it's still not completely understood. But I will say after all this time, you know, I was just at home. And so I was with a lot of my relatives. I think they're starting to get it, not because they un still understand the concept of, of going away and doing this thing, but they see how happy I am here and how I've been able to build this thing that I'm so proud of. And that ultimately is what matters to them. Uh, well, that's good to hear. Yeah. And I want to talk about what you built and expats in Croatia in a little bit. Um, but before that, I have one more question about, you know, coming over here. What were some of your expectations coming to Croatia? And did, you know, everything go according to plan? Was everything as you expected? Or were there any curveballs or, you know, things you weren't ready for when you came here? I didn't have any expectations. I knew, I knew nothing. I literally knew nothing. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know the language. I didn't know any of the people. I didn't know the history. I didn't know culture. I, I really, truly nothing. When I came here in 2011 on holiday, I spent 23 hours in Zagreb. I spent like, four days in Split, two days on Far, two days in Dubrovnik. And that was it. And that's not enough to get any kind of sense of anything. I didn't know what my requirements were to even stay here legally. I found that out from our real estate broker. Um, she was the one who said, you you need to get an OIB. Like, I don't know what an OIB is, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, go, I'll go along for the ride and I'll sign whatever it is. Like, to me, I just wanted to be here. So I did everything that I could to do that. I went along the path, you know, and it was really hard to kind of find that information. But 
the creations around me really helped me kind of figure that all out. So I didn't, I didn't have, like I said, if I went into it, the only expectation I had going into it was if this doesn't work out, it's okay. <laughs> like I will go back home and I will try again and it'll, it'll be fine. So I like going into things without any expectations because that way you're you're not disappointed. You're just surprised with whatever it is that you find. In terms of things being hard or challenging, I found it wasn't the only culture shock I had was it just felt so different from what I was used to, but in a positive way. People were so kind and generous and welcoming. And that was like, as an American, I was like suspicious <laughs> because that, that's just how you're you're raised to be suspicious. At least I was, you know, um, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you're always taught that like, you know, everyone's a stranger. Everyone's had to get you or kidnap you. <laughs> and, you know, so at the beginning when people were so nice, it was like, what it was very surprising but it was it was obvious that it was so genuine you know and being here now all this time it's like that's just kind of a reflex of the culture you know and because of that it just made it so much easier to acclimate than I thought it would creations made it easier here for me and that was so nice it was part of the thing part of what pulled me in well, you know, you mentioned getting your OIB and, you know, the, all the paperwork stuff and the documents, um, which is something, you know, everyone struggles with coming here. And that leads me to, you know, expats in Croatia. When did you start that and, and why? What was the purpose behind it? Sure. So I moved here in May 2012 and I registered the domain in July of that same year. So <clears throat> I knew I wanted to write something and I thought it'd be an interesting idea to document my experience with the bureaucracy because there were barely any resources if you just wanted to travel in Croatia. Like a lot of the tourist boards were still, still had Croatian sites. They didn't have anything in English. So as I, you know, got an OIB, uh, I wrote a post like, this is what an OIV is. This is how you get your OIV. And so I just, as I went through procedures myself, I started documenting that information and then tried to find other topics that would help anyone who wanted to live here after me. And it was a blog for, I mean, it's always got that blog element, but it was just a blog that I did outside of my day job for at least five years, I guess. And at a certain point, I started meeting some creations along the way here in Split that would help me do research. And then I got to a point here where I was, uh, I had the opportunity to apply for permanent residence. And when that happened, MUP said that I had to have a creation salary. So the only way to do that was to open up a company and if I was going to open up a company and obligate myself to everything that that entails I wanted to make sure that it was a real company <laughs> so that's when I thought about like okay can I actually turn expat and creation into an actual functioning business that can pay my salary and pay my contributions and uh, I felt like it was and so that 
I registered the company in 2018 and now it, it is a business. It took a couple of years to really get it on its feet, but I brought on our first employee in 2020 and now we have a total of 10 people, including me. So that's essentially the, that's the timeline. Wow. So is that really when it started to, to blow up in 2020? Did that coincide yes. with like more, I mean, I'm going to say more tourists coming here, but I guess that's not so much for tourists as, as for people moving back here. I'm just wondering why, why 2020? I wonder, um, was there certain events? I know the digital nomad visa was a little bit after that, I think. I'm not sure. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. The digital nomad permit came along in 2021. So it was, it was launched in March of 2021. So this was a bit before that, but there are factors. There, there are a number of factors that created this kind of perfect storm. So one was, okay, so I had this company, but I still was doing my day job of web development. I had a web development business and it was going very well. And because it was going very well, I just didn't have the time to really invest in building expat and Croatia properly. It was as I had time and I needed I really need just needed time. And then the pandemic happened. We had that first lock, lockdown that was, oh gosh, I don't know what accent just came out of me. Um, that first like April, March, April. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I love going on long coffees, but they do take up quite a bit of time. So in March and April, we had this long extended lockdown where I had no social commitments nothing was happening so I could just work like an animal and there was no judgment from, from anybody and I finally got that dedicated time where I could really map this out and figure out how we were going to soar and then in combination with that you know you had all these people who there are people that were tourists in Croatia that got stuck in Croatia and then because they got stuck in Croatia, they were like, oh, my God, we want to live here. And and that happened. And then also a, a byproduct of the pandemic is you had all these people around the world that at the same time got up and they were like, we don't want to live this life anymore. We want to go somewhere else. We want to do something else. And a lot of people wanted to come to Croatia. And that was part of it. And then in January 2020, the Croatian government overhauled the Citizenship Act. And they, I don't want to say they made it easier to get citizenship, that's not accurate, but they they changed the laws to open up citizenship to more diaspora. They removed the limit on how many generations back you could go. Spouses could get citizenship at the same time. Um, there are a few other things that they did to, to open it. Oh, they waived the... Um, the language test, the language and history and culture test. So that opened Croatia up to even more diaspora. So all these things happened at the exact same time. So we already had, at that point in 2020, I'd already had the blog for seven years. So there was already an audience built in. There was already all this huge cache of content. So when everyone started looking at Croatia, we were ready for it. Yeah. And after, yeah, after that, it just, it happened really quick. We hired a second person in 2021 and then we hired three or four more that year. And it's just, it just kept going. And the avalanche is, is still rolling down the hill. <laughs> 
Do you ever feel like the world is becoming a more uncertain place? With political and economic instability on the rise, it's more important than ever to have a backup plan. That's why you should consider becoming a citizen of Croatia. With Citizen HR, the Croatian citizenship app, you can take control of your future and ensure that you and your family are protected no matter what happens. As a Croatian citizen, you'll have access to a stable and secure country with a growing economy and a high standard of living. But the process of becoming a citizen can be confusing and overwhelming. That's why Citizen HR is here to help. With our wide range of expert guidance and support, you'll have everything you'll need to apply for your citizenship. One user, Mariana, says, I'm so glad I applied for Croatian citizenship when I did. I'm concerned about my family's future in Australia. I can't wait for us all to move to Croatia. Citizen HR made it all a breeze. So, if you're ready to take control of your future and ensure that you and your family are protected, download Citizen HR today. Because at Citizen HR, we believe that citizenship is not just a legal status, it's a huge leap for safety and security. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.citizenhr.app today. Use the code ALLTHINGSCROATIA for 50% off any biography translations you order. Yeah, well, you know, that you reminded me of my own reason, you know, for coming here, which was, I guess, 2021, but also, you know, during COVID, during the lockdowns and... You know, I felt like I had always wanted to move or at least come to Croatia for an extended period of time. And at that point, it just felt like the perfect storm, you know, the perfect time. Uh, nothing else is going on. You know, let's go to a different part of the world. And then, yeah, now. So I've been here for for two years since then, after, you know, thinking I was only going to be here a few months, three, four months. Um, but what are some of the things, you know, that that expats are struggling with most here or things that you're helping people with most? Well, that's a good question. Okay. I find that now that Kresh has been in the spotlight, there are a lot of voices out there. And the expat groups on Facebook have become a huge hub for activity, for questions, for fact-finding, well, information-finding, let's put it that way. And... Because of that, it's it started to do a little bit of a disservice, both to the people who are coming to Croatia and also the bureaucracy itself. You know, there's this assumption or predisposition predis- to not trust the government, uh, that they are never on our side, that they can't do anything right, that they're understaffed, that the people who are there aren't trained, you know. Um, that they just got the job because they have an uncle who works there or something like that. And I'm not saying that that's not true in in some uh, some ways. But, you know, we've been working with the government to get information for the last 10 years, you know, and we see that it's that's not an absolute. We see that some of them do know what they're doing. Some of them are genuinely trying to help you. Um, and some of them have limited resources. And so one of the things that we're trying to achieve is better educating the people who are coming into Croatia so that they're more prepared when they go to the bureaucracy, which makes it a whole lot easier for the bureaucracy to handle what, whatever their request is. Because you've got these two people coming from completely different worlds that are speaking sometimes not the same language, but not just the same language in the sense of English versus Croatian, 
but the same language in terms of the people from the outside have a different perception of bureaucracy and how it should work. And, and then you have these people who are working in Mop in Croatia who've lived in Croatia their entire lives and they've been dealing with the Croatian system. So you just can't, how, how do you make those two things work? How can you achieve success? And the, the way that you achieve success is, is informing people as much as you possibly can so that they go in there with a mind for success and being humble and kind. And then that that results in a positive reaction from the police. And, and obviously not not in all situations, but in most situations. And we've seen it. We've had Mook tell us, you know, we're thankful for your organization because we have seen concretely how people are more prepared and you are taking the burden off of us. And that is what we are trying to achieve. Make everything easier on the people that are coming, the people who are here trying to help them because that is their, MUP is their first point of entry, you know, into Croatia. So if they have a bad experience from that point, it's going to mar everything else. And everything we want to do, no matter what new project or post that we want to execute or put out, it's all with the mind of, what can we do to give back to Croatia, to help Croatia? And the only way we can do that is that the people coming in are assimilating, are loving Croatia the way that we love Croatia. So they're taking all of it in. They're not coming in here and trashing it, take, you know, taking advantage of it, giving back. We want people to give back. We want people to cherish this place. And so it starts from the very beginning when they get the idea, oh, I want to come to Croatia. We create resources so that they, we can take them that entire length of like, okay, if you want to come to Croatia, you start here. And then you go to this step. And then you go to this step. And then you go to this step. And these are all the things you need to keep in mind along the way. And okay, you've gotten your permit. Great. Here are ways that you can volunteer. Here are ways that you can meet the Croatian community. Here are ways that you can learn the language because without knowing any of the language at all, it doesn't take very much Croatian for you to get a Croatian to open up and welcome you into, into their, their world. And you can't fully see why Croatia is so special unless you are inside of the Croatian community. So we try and go that entire life cycle so that everyone has the best experience possible. And obviously we can't, that, that's a big dream, but we're trying to chip that away at it a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, you, that was an interesting perspective you had on, you know, working with the government on that being a two-way street, you know, making things easier, both for, you know, the Croatian government and everyone, you know, working there and doing the documents as well as for, you know, expats and people, you know, wanting their documents done. Um, also, you mentioned the language just now, and I wanted to ask, you know, have you been learning Croatian at all? Have you learned, you know, you've been here 11 years. How is your Croatian going? It is going to be a lifetime <laughs> journey. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. I currently am with my fourth teacher. I'm doing, uh, I have a teacher from the Croatian language school. Uh, out of Zagreb in London and Mali Loshin, and I love it. This is by far my best, my most favorite era for learning Croatian. Um, I'm somewhere between B1 and B2. I wish I was farther. I've spoken very publicly about my struggles learning Croatian. I have a really hard time with it. And I think, 
you know, part of that, I just don't have a mind for second languages. I just don't. Not everyone does. I think there's this assumption that we can just all do it. And it's like, no, we all can't. It's all about everyone learns differently. I, you know, I have an uphill battle because I don't have a creation partner. You know, I, you know, work in my home office predominantly. I'm in, I mean, speaking in English all day long for work, you know, um, but I, it's something that every single day of my life I am dedicated to every single day, every opportunity to speak creation, to roll conversations in my head, um, to read it. That's, that's what I'm doing. So it's going to be tough to get to fluency for me, but I'm always working at it constantly and always encouraging everyone to do anything they can to learn as much creation as they possibly can. I never say you've got to be fluent because that's not fair. Not everyone can do that. You know, I mean, I don't have kids. I can't imagine what it would be like to learn creation if I had kids I had to take care of, <laughs> you know, it's just me. And I struggle to find that kind of concrete time to sit down and dedicate to it. But that's why you have to, um, if you want to learn any of it, you can't just wait for that big block of time to, to do it. You have to do these little things uh, along the way. I really like watching Netflix with creation subtitles. It helps me, kind of uh, translate American English into creation on some kind of level. Uh, uh, so you'll watch like a, a Hollywood movie, but with Croatian subtitles. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a day by day sort of deal, like you said. Um, and it is a really difficult language, especially coming from English, um, you know, not a, a Slavic language background, which, you know, makes it easier, easier with the podigy and the grammar and everything and the constructions. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely for me, it's worthwhile, I think, to to learn and to study and to at least try, you know, and that's that's the most important thing. Uh, Sarah, as we come down, you know, sort of to the end of the episode here, I want to ask what what do you miss about Texas or about the U.S.? Or do you feel that, you know, life here in Croatia is lacking something or are there ever times that, you know, you, you miss something? Oh, I never really, I've never, no one's ever asked me the question, do I feel like creation is lacking anything? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I just said that off the top of my head, but it sounded pretty intense, actually, after I said <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I, it's, it's, people ask me if I miss Texas a lot. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I just had this trip and it was, the most positive trip that I had. And I won't go into to the roots of why that is, but there was a, a dynamic had kind of shifted for me because, you know, I, there's some negative things for me about going, going back home that really discouraged me from doing that. And those elements were kind of not there on this last trip. So I was able to really enjoy my time there for the first time ever. And Oh, I fell into uh, to Texas culture just, oh, just head first. Like I drank the Kool-Aid. I my accent came back. Like I just I did the full Texas thing, and that was really nice. I I felt like I missed Texas actually for the first time since leaving, and it wasn't like oh well I've made a huge mistake. It wasn't like that at all. But it was. 
it was really nice to be able to kind of remind myself of the reasons why why Texas is special because Texas is special it's a, it's a very different place than any other state in the United States it was a country for nine years it was the only state that was its own country and because of that we have a mentality that it is its own country just like Dalmatia has a mentality like it's its own country Dubrovnik has a mentality like it's its own country because you know it was um so those are things that I understand so what I'd say I miss, I, I do miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss the food <laughs> um, quite a bit. And um, one thing I didn't realize I missed so much, but I, I managed to be there at the right time. We have uh, wildflowers. Uh, the state flower is this wildflower called the blue bonnet. And they're so, so beautiful. And every child born in Texas has their photo taken in a ocean of blue bonnets uh everyone i i have several of them that were taken and so when i was there was like peak blue bonnet season and i did this day trip down to uh to austin to get a document for croatia and i saw this huge sea of them on the side of the highway and i was like i said to my friend we're pulling over <laughs> i have to have my picture taken in blue bonnet so it was uh it's really nice. I mean, I, I, I love Croatia and I don't feel that it's, I don't feel like it's missing anything. You know, <clears throat> at one time I felt like, oh, I want to convince all of my friends to move here. I want all my family to move here. That way I can have everybody that I love in the place that I love. But there is something to be said for keeping those worlds apart because they people may not fit in those other worlds. And I know that when I go home to visit a lot of times, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. I feel a little bit like an alien, but um, I think it's, it's actually one benefit of, of having this life is if I was living in Texas and had ready access to all of my friends and family that I miss, you know, I don't know that we would all appreciate each other the way that we would, versus me going to visit there every two years, because then I have this really concentrated quality time with them that I don't know that I otherwise would have had. So it actually, now I see kind of the silver linings to those kinds of situations. I don't know if I've answered your question or not. I feel like I went on a tangent, no, but. <laughs> I was just going to say that's a great answer to a, a strongly worded question. No apparent <laughs> reason, an intense question. <laughs> no, it, hey, I love intense questions. <laughs> That's just the way it came off the, the top of my brain here as I'm still waking up here in the morning. It's already 10, but, um, you know, you mentioned food and, and you know, Texas, of course, has, has a great food culture and so does Croatia. And before I ask about that, because um, that will be our last question here, but um, I want to give you a chance to shout out, you know, your website and, you know, social media is where can people find you? Can people find uh, expat in Croatia? Oh, sure. So our website is expatincroatia.com. And you can find us on all the big social medias. Our handle is also expatincroatia.com. It's pretty easy. We have a newsletter that comes out on Tuesdays that has all of our new posts, our updated posts, um, a language lesson with audio that you can hear from one of our Croatian team members. And also we include actionable uh, news from creation news that we summarize in English. So that way, you know, the things that are actually going on there impact your daily life. So that is, that is how to find us. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Sarah. And as we get ready to go here, I want to ask about food because of course, you know, Croatia also has a great culture of food and Dalmatia in particular, where you are, you're in split. 
Um, what are sort of your favorite favorite foods, favorite things to eat here in Croatia? Uh, sure. Uh, Pashtitsada is my top. Love, 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 love it. And my favorite one is at the Krolo Winery near Chil. It's amazing. Uh, the winemaker's wife makes it and it's just will blow my mind every single time I have it. Uh, my second is uh, Sandy Rijot, so black risotto. I love black risotto. A buddy of mine, Michael Freer, he, uh, him and I, we switch off uh, trying to find black risotto. So he'll find one and then we'll go have lunch. And then the next month I'll find one and we'll go have lunch. So we've been doing that for well over a year now. I think we've done about 10 risottos. Um, so that for sure. I'm trying to think if there's something else that kind of, springs to mind i mean i love gelato and <laughs> i'm always on the hunt for the best gelato place but i really i really enjoy creation food quite a bit oh oh i'll tell you one more thing my favorite restaurant on the face of the planet is uh in ista um called starry podrum and i've been going there every year since the beginning and they're kind of like family now. I I just, it's the highlight of my year. I go in the fall, but they have this dish that is a, an omelet. So lightly scrambled eggs, uh, dribbled, drizzled with olive oil, and then just covered in black truffles. And I remember having it the first time and I was like, how is this a thing that I get to eat that exists? That It just felt like so opulent <laughs> just so opulent but it's just it's an unbelievable combination of flavors and i just i look forward to having it every single year i love it uh yeah i'm gonna have to write that down the name of that restaurant i'm not a big i've never been a big like mushroom or truffles fan but i've had the strukli uh, with truffles here in zagreb and that was my first time trying truffles and so i thought it was good so i, I would try that that sounds good an omelet with truffles Oh, it's good. It's very nice. <laughs> I'll definitely have to try that. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming here on the All Things Croatia podcast. You know, really appreciate what you're doing for the community, for the expat uh, community here in Croatia. Um, I'll drop links, you know, so everyone can click on your website and your socials. But really, thank you for taking the time to to come on the podcast here. Oh, thank you so much, Stanko. It's a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.